JJ, sound test. One, two, three, four, five, six, uh, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. You gonna let me? You let me do a sound test? Is that is that what we're doing now? JJ sound test. That's how I announced it. So figured JJ would be doing the sound test, not Mark cutting in and doing his thing. Mark, do your sound test. <sighs> Mark, sound test. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, uh, eight, nine, ten. Yeah, yeah, it's annoying, isn't it? Mark's got the look on his face like, I don't want to say the wrong thing. Mark is freaking out over here. The, the end. Because <coughs> he doesn't have Brian here, he can't say, Damn it, Brian! Brian! Hello and welcome to episode number 49 of the Frozen North. My name is JJ and I'm here with my two friends, Mark. Howdy y'all! Uh, I'm also here with my two friends, JJ! Howdy y'all! I'm here with my two friends. This is not gonna go, we're not doing this. No, we're, we're just not. gonna go back look, and forth. No, no, you look disappointed too. We're not <laughs> doing that. No. Uh, Brian is not here today actually. Uh, but it is Mark and I, and we have a friend of ours, I guess you could say. Um, <laughs> I'm just a friend? I thought I was well, so much not. more than that, JJ. I don't know how to respond to that at all. Are, are you related to us? Yeah, are you like a long-lost brother? I, I am your your brother in arms. You are? Uh-huh. Is that, is that it? He's like, this is clever. <laughs> Crap, I have nothing to follow that up with. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, yeah, Brian, Brian couldn't make it today, unfortunately, so uh, we called Matt in, and he is here to help us out. We got some uh, good stuff to talk about. And Matt, say hi to everybody. Hi, guys. Thanks, Matt. Deep as always. Deep and informative. So, episode 49, what you guys been playing? Mark? I have been playing Shadow of Mordor. And I'm very close to beating it now. It's been an excellent game. I've also played a little bit of Sunset Overdrive. Not enough to really pass judgment on it. But I will say, I wish there was a little bit more plot. I'm jealous of you. I'm not. That's it. That's it? Yep. All right. I've been playing Fantasy Star 2. Grinding, grinding, and grinding. Uh, Actually, the other day I was, I grind, grinded, ground, ground, I guess. Would it be ground? Yeah, that's fine. Sure. You know what I mean? I was grinding for about 40 minutes, uh, and I was listening to uh, Roll's podcast, uh, Super Smart Gaming, while I was doing so. Actually made the time fly, which was nice. And I've also been playing Fantasy Life, which is... I am having an absolute blast with it. If you, I was explaining to Mark earlier, if you have ever seen an Animal Crossing game and you thought it sounded and looked kind of interesting, and then you tried it, and you were like, meh, which is exactly how it was for me this is the game for you. Like, this has the, all the stuff that I think Animal Crossing was missing. It has the whole element of, you know, building your your uh, your house and, and trying to come up, get all these, like, uh, trinkets and doing favors for people and all this stuff. But you toss in RPG elements like questing and fighting monsters and uh, changing your profession and all this stuff. And it's... It's very, very cool. It's literally just an, a, a fantasy life that you create and you play in this huge, huge world. So I'm having a good time with it. Fantasy life. Yep. Matt! Uh, I have been playing quite a few things, actually, since your last podcast. Your top five NES games totally uh, inspired me to go back and play some of those old school games. Uh, something that wasn't on there that uh, I uh, got angry at, so I had to actually play through it again, was Ninja Gaiden. I uh, mm. really love that game, uh, and I was disappointed it wasn't on your list, but that's okay. Um, I have also been playing Diablo 3 again since the expansion came out. I was kind of a late comer to apparently the brand new game that came out because it's completely different, and yeah. uh, it's absolutely fantastic. I I don't know if I will be able to stop playing it this time. So when you played your Nintendo games, were you playing it on the actual system? 
Uh, not all of them. There are certain games that I don't have anymore because I have misplaced a lot of them. Oh, really? Yeah. Man, where could those be? I think that they're in the depths of the abyss known as my basement, but I have not looked for them yet. Jeez, man. Hopefully there's nothing else in addition to your games that are missing. I, I, I know what you mean. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really hoping that I find those other things that are in there, too. Me, too. Matt, yeah, has, Matt me has all my Nintendo games. Yeah, I, I have. <laughs> I've been holding them, holding them hostage for years. Oh, man, there's so many, and I miss them. Uh, cool. All right. Well, we we got a few emails, but most of them pertain to our bi-weekly question about the YouTube channel. So I'm going to kind of not worry about reading those on there because I, I pretty much anybody that sent in some stuff, I, I talked to you directly. Um, and I, I don't want to kind of reveal too much of what I'm planning to do on the show. So we're going to kind of just, you know, pass over that right now. But thank you to uh, to everybody who, who wrote in. It was really, really, really good suggestions and uh, good stuff. Uh, if you would like to email us, though, about anything about this show and about uh, suggestions for a YouTube channel, please do so at frozennorthpodcast at gmail.com. Um, you can check out our website at fngaming.net. We have a Facebook page at facebook.com slash thefrozennorth. Our Twitter is at fnpodcast. Our blog is frozennorthpodcast.blogspot.com. We're also on iTunes where you can subscribe to and rate us on there. We would appreciate it. Thank you very much. Mark news man all right i guess i'm the new news guy is that a is that a promotion you tell me uh i'm just gonna get right into the news then because i'm not gonna answer that question (laughs) uh first up in news the stanley parable sales pass one million that's right since the game uh first released last october that's october 2013 the game has gone on to sale sell one million copies this is a game that was designed by two people. So, I think we can all tell that JJ is celebrating this awesome milestone. Am I ever? Because Stanley Look Parable it. should be shared with everybody. He looks so excited. Dude, you know that everybody has to share in your despair over having Except to play they, that game. It should they be called the Stanley just... Terrible. I, I think I agree with that. I'm Have pretty you played sure it? that everyone agrees with that. Did you play it? I played it, but I didn't finish it. Can you finish it? I don't know. No, you can't. I, I think that you would probably die in an attempt to do so. You can't, because it starts over every single time. Yeah. Telltale's Game of Thrones game is confirmed <laughs> for 2014 wow. start. I didn't know how that cool. sentence was going to go until I read it. <laughs> uh, that's right. Telltale community and PR specialist responded to a fan's question about release date by saying... No specific release date announced yet, but I can confirm that the season is premiering later this year. So is so the Mark, same thing going to happen here with like The Walking Dead, where Telltale Games is basically going to make the Game of Thrones show look amateurish by comparison? I doubt it. I think yeah, they're going to go. That would be amazing if that actually happened, since Game of Thrones mm, is actually good. It might happen, but I doubt it. I highly doubt it. I like The Walking Dead go ahead TV and, uh, show before I play the Telltale Game series. Now I don't I didn't. like it anymore. I didn't. Really? Send like all it. your hate mail to me today, this week. Up next... You can still send it to Brian. That, yeah, that too. Bethesda confirms Prey 2 has been cancelled. Good. After being absent from conventions for years, this should come as no surprise. Bethesda VP Pete Hines said, It was a game we believed in, but we never felt that it got to where it needed to be. We never saw a path to success uh, if we finished it. He elaborated, It wasn't up to our quality standard, and we decided to cancel it. Nice try, JJ. <laughs> that's that's a lot of uh, game design jargon for our game sucks, so we're canceling it. All right, I'll make sure not to let you edit my documents next <laughs> next time. I was I was typing stuff in as he was talking to try and see if I could get him to read something. That's fantastic. It probably would have worked if I hadn't seen you <laughs> watched you do that's it. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> my favorite kid. My favorite news of the week. Xbox One available for $349 in the U.S. this holiday season. That's actually really, really, really good. It is. I mean, good for the consumer. (laughs) Yes. Uh, You can get the Xbox One Assassin's Creed bundle for $349. It includes Assassin's Creed Unity and Assassin's Creed Black Flag. You can also get a Kinect version of the bundle, which includes Dance Central Spotlight for $449. 
I think that's the one Brian's probably going to jump on. Now, what about the, the Sunset the Overdrive Connect bundle? one? Connect one, yeah. The Sunset Overdrive bundle uh, is also $349. It includes a digital copy of Sunset Overdrive and a special white Xbox One. I don't understand the white console, though. though. I, I don't know. I, some people like it. Like, Brandon, I know, likes... He was mm-hmm. like, if anybody gets the white one, I'll trade you for it. I do not understand it. I, I just like the contrast. My PS3 is black, so I want my X-Bone to be white. Uh, I think they both both colors. I don't good. have a reason. I just, I just like it. You know, I'm not a collector, so I can't really figure it out. That's true. I don't care what it looks like as long as it plays my games. If you could download a console, you would do it. <laughs> I would do it. Uh, Technically, Steam. I guess the only downside on that console. Exactly. Exactly. The only downside on the uh, Sunset Overdrive bundle is it's a digital copy of Sun- Sunset Overdrive, which normally I'd be all for. But it's a 500 gigabyte hard drive. And how much space does that take up? Like, 60, I'm guessing I think? it probably takes at least 30, probably more. Most games that I've seen have been taking up like 50 to 60. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it'll fill up Eesh. fast. Uh, there's also the Xbox One Limited Edition Call of Duty Advanced Warfare bundle for 449 dollars. You get a special Call of Duty themed Xbox One with one terabyte hard drive, a themed controller, and a digital copy of Call of Duty Advanced Warfare. The only thing in there that I would be interested in is the one terabyte hard drive. Yeah. <laughs> there you have it. And finally, kind of a follow-up follow up to the news we covered last week, Nintendo earnings beat estimates on Yen and Super Smash Bros. Net income was 24.2 billion Yen. That's the equivalent of $224 million in the three months that ended September 30th. Experts attribute the strong performance to a weak yen and better-than-expected sales of 3DS hardware and software. I tried it again. <laughs> I, I can hear you doing it, though. <laughs> That's not fair. I'm easy to trick, as long as I notice you're tricking me. <laughs> I'll remember this for next time. <laughs> uh, real quick, as a footnote, just wanted to let everybody know out there that uh, Valkyria Chronicles, the uh, PS3 exclusive, is no longer exclusive. It's going to be available on Steam, I believe, November 11th for 20 bucks, And if you order it now, you can get 10% off. So uh, if you haven't played that yet, I highly recommend it. It's basically one of my favorite games on the PlayStation 3 platform. So be sure to check it out. It's pretty cool. And they're going to be, uh, from what I understand, they're they're looking at bringing the second and third ones too, right? Maybe. I'm not really that interested. They weren't that great. I mean, mm. the, the handheld versions of Valkyria Chronicles really just didn't stand up to the first one. Gotcha. But hopefully we can get that going again once the steam uh release happens and we can get that developer some more cash roger that all right we are since uh halloween has just passed it was yesterday uh i guess this will be released a couple of days from now but we're we're looking at doing some like horror themed things to talk about on the show i think matt we're we're gonna be doing a beyond the game segment here what uh what are we talking about uh, I wanted to talk about today kind of what makes a horror game good and the progression of the horror genre um, in the game industry over the past decade or so. Are horror games better today than they were a decade ago, and why? That's kind of what I wanted to talk about here today. Good question. I think uh, we could start with what you originally wanted to talk about, which was how graphics play into how scary a game can be. Yeah, I wanted to talk uh, a little bit about that. Um, When developers had limitations on their color palette and uh, the the visual graphics uh, that were available to them, I felt like that the the grittiness of uh, the style of the visuals uh, really created kind of like an abstract horror. Uh, right. to to the games and you know you, you you go back and you look at those games even games that didn't have horror as a primary aspect but it's kind of a subtone kind of like uh, the old fallout games like the 2d fallout games like fallout 2 yes were scary in their own right and i felt that the visual style helped to push that along and i i personally am not really feeling that these days and i think that has to do uh, both with the the actual visual tones, like the the contrast and saturation of of the color schemes, along with, on uh, honesty, probably frame rate, also has something to do with it. Like things look, things look too good, too clean, too beautiful. I guess for horror to really 
do it for me. And the what I'm really excited about is that I've actually felt like I've been kind of proven that we've gotten over that that bump with PT. PT oh, was man. really PT. it blew my mind away when I played that game. Like the the detail that they were able to have, I feel like they're finally able to capture the detail necessary and the lighting necessary. But to in a really way, sell a horror game with that kind of advanced visuals. The reason it worked in a way was because of its simplicity and other elements. It wasn't simple visually. It was very advanced. It looked wonderful, but it was very simplistic in other ways. The repetition of the environment, the kind of scares that they used to ramp up your fear. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. And that's, um, I'm glad to see that there's developers out there that are really taking that to heart and putting that as kind of their primary focus. I have been worried for a long time that developers are so uh, preoccupied with making their game look visually stunning that they forget that there's a tone that you're going for that the uh, visuals may actually be counterintuitive for. So how do you guys feel about that? Well, I mean, I I completely agree. I think, uh, like I I said before, it, it all comes down to, well, before we started recording, we were talking about this a little bit. But I think it all comes down to, like you said, the tone. I, I don't know that graphics influence it as much as they appear to you, regardless of which side of the fence you fall on, whether they should be better or they should be you know a little bit sketchy. I feel like as long as you are presenting the game in such a way that puts the person on edge, if you're able to do that with worse graphics, more power to you. Because there are plenty of games that don't have that great light. I mean, Amnesia, perfect example, like we said before. Definitely. Not the best visually, you know, impressive game in the world. But going into the game, like, you you know that it's... You're not going to have any weapons. You know you're not going to be able to fight back. You're just going to be able to run. Knowing that, going into this, and literally right when you get dropped into the game, you're in the castle. For the first hour and a half, you don't even come in contact with the, with the creature or anything. All you're doing is finding clues and just walking around the castle. It's terrifying still. It really is. Just because you know there's something out there, even though nothing's happening to you, that sense of, oh my gosh, what is going to happen to me, is there. And that has nothing to do with the way the game looks. It's all about the mood and the presentation. So I think that's the most important thing as far as, you know, how to how to make a game feel terrifying, to me at least. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I guess that's a fair point. I think visuals can play into it, though, in a way. I don't think it's a necessary element, but I think the most important thing for horror to work is that you have a sort of a simple, refined idea. You don't want to overwhelm the viewer or the player in their respective mediums. You want them to have a very distinct idea of what they're experiencing well, not not necessarily distinct, not defined, but you don't want them distracted by outside elements. So if you have something that's too detailed visually, they might not pick up on the fear that they're supposed to be picking up on it. If they have a game that's too robust, that has too much going on, then they're not going to experience the fear in the same way. So I don't know. I think it, I think there is something to be said about the purity of horror. Sure. Yeah, and I I think that that's uh, a good point. I mean, this doesn't extend to the entire genre as a whole. I mean, certainly there were good horror games that came out that the visuals were were fine um, on the the previous generation. There were a few that I felt like could have been a heck of a lot better, like uh, The Darkness. I felt like could have been a heck of a lot better if it had more of a grittiness to it. It was a little bit too too smooth, I suppose, uh, as as far as visuals go. But uh, my, my biggest complaint mostly came from just Diablo three and not for the reasons you may expect. Like, sure. A lot of people argued about the color palette. There was too much contrast, way too much saturation. And you know, that was kind of a moot point to me. What, what did it for me was the particle effects. The particle effects are just, they just look too good. They, they look too crisp. Yeah. I can see that. Um, And it, it kind of drowned out the, the subtext of horror that's supposed to be there. Certainly it's not a horror game per se. It's more, much more of an adventure game, but it's certainly in a horror type world that's supposed to be the most terrifying things imaginable. And when you compare the visuals and the tone of the game to its predecessors, Diablo two and Diablo one, 
it it's hardly even a contest. It's not right. nearly as scary. So there's not as much of a sense of doom in right. Diablo three. Yeah. Right. That's yeah, I agree. I think a good analogy would be uh look at Alien and then look at Aliens. And one everything looks in the first one everything looks amazing, but you don't really see the alien all that much. It might have ten minutes of overall screen time. Yeah, that's actually because an interesting point that you're making there. It kind of it it kind of puts itself into all media. Like yeah. because we have the ability to show on screen so much more than we used to, mm-hmm. we no longer utilize the tool of what we don't see exactly nearly as often. As Use we it used if you to. can turn the player's imagination against him. That's more for frightening than any good graphics or anything else. Exactly, developers out there, and I know that you're listening. Don't even lie. <laughs> you you heard it here. You know what we want. Do it. And that actually, that perfectly plays back into what JJ was just saying, that you don't see that monster in Amnesia for the yeah. first hour and a half. And that's more frightening than running into it. The game is playing a game with your head. Yeah, absolutely. And that was, like, that was the... I hit, like, what's crazy about it is I had played the first, you know, couple hours of it um, on my own a while ago, and I was like, you know, I, I wussed out. I'll, I'll admit it. Shoot. Yeah. When you and I decided to play through it again together... Um, and I went back and I started playing it, even though I knew there was, I, I knew there wasn't going to be anything mm-hmm. for a while. Still, I still was like terrified. Yeah, like I don't know. It's hard to explain. You really, I, I just couldn't can't put my finger on it because it, yeah, it just it does it so well. It draws <laughs> you in, makes you feel like there's something to worry about. And I think controls can also kind of play into what makes a game scary. Going right back to amnesia unlike most games where it'd be like oh you want to open the door push a and amnesia you have to use the mouse click down as if you're grabbing the door and then make the motion of moving your hand to open that door yep yeah exactly. so so you feel like you're in the game because you're you're acting the way the character's acting and and man god help you if you screw up when you're trying to run away yeah <laughs> kind of ups the panic level there when you definitely have to be so exact and precise with your with your uh, but, but i mean it works it works and, and you can see it like in one of the trailers when uh the guy's hiding in uh, a, a little cupboard and you can you know because you're not just pushing a like mark said to open something and you're actually kind of doing you can you know peek out a little bit you can open the door just a crack mm-hmm. and you can look and in this trailer you see the monster walking by and the guy closes it again really fast yeah. you know it's and other things can happen, like if you slam the door too hard, it might not stay closed. Yep. It might creak back open a little bit. Absolutely. So I think, I mean, yes, as far as graphics go, I don't think they matter as much. You know, I now Matt's saying that it, 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 it there is a, a better way to do it, but I, I don't know. I, I kind of disagree in that. I think it just comes down to the tone and how it's presented. I think that it's possible to be better either way. Yeah. I just think it just depends on on how they present it. It's all about how they get in your head. Exactly. If you can get in someone's head because of the idea that it's not a representative, high-fidelity world, then that's great. But if you can use those extra details you get from having really good graphics to freak people out like they did with PT, even better. Yeah, and and PT has definitely shown me that the the graphics certainly can uh, help rather than hinder. Correct, but we've reached that point now where I think it's going to be really, really good from now on. Sure. Especially with the introduction of the Oculus Rift. Absolutely. But if, like, I mean, perfect example, if I've got a game where something jumps out at me out of nowhere and it's, you know, there to make me jump, whether it looks good or not, I'm going to jump if something jumps out at me. Yeah. You know? I mean, and that's just what it comes down to. So. I don't really have a point with this, but... <laughs> Did either of you, you've played uh, PT as well, right? I did not. You haven't? No. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, then I'll Come ask on. Matt. I'm a wuss. How scary was that hole in the wall that doesn't do anything until maybe it does later? But how many times did we go into the bathroom and just look at that hole in the wall and just we we're convinced there's something to it and just staring at it and being freaked out? Right. I mean, and it was it. It's kind of a game design. Uh, meta, if you will, that we were assuming that 
there was something about it yeah. that we couldn't figure out exactly what it was for or what it was what mm-hmm. it was going to be doing. But every single time that we looked through it, we saw something really weird on the other side that was pretty scary. And, you know, you would hear things. It, it, it was definitely triggering certain things. We just didn't know what the point to all well, of it was. Well, it started triggering stuff later. But even before that started happening, we were already hung up on it. We- right. And that, that, that was the kind of the point is that there's this thing that we see that's obviously yeah. there. And it's tempting us to go ahead and go in there even though we know that we're going to see something terrible and then it kind of faints us for a little while and actually doesn't do anything. And then when it finally does, it's pretty grandiose and awesome. Yeah. So it's pretty fantastic. Cool. Anybody, anything else? That's all I got. Nope. Just talking to those developers out there. (laughs) Keep it simple. Uh, if you're not going to keep it simple, make it a blended genre, like a, like an action horror game. Don't fixate on, just being scary because if you don't keep it simple it's not going to be that next level scary that you're hoping for keep it secret keep it safe yes <laughs> <laughs> all right with that why don't we head on over to our yeah why don't we head on over to raul for a quick side quest a spooky side quest not really oh it's not <laughs> Raul, take it away Hey cool people, Roll here on another side quest for the Frozen North. Now in episode 48, the Frozen North discussed their favorite top 5 NES games of all time. Now even though I am not a fan of the NES era, I am a fan of 8-bit music. So this is my top 5 8-bit remix music for running. Because I run and I listen to his music while I run. And a lot of these songs have been tested. I've tested these songs on my run. Anyway, with that, at number 5, it is the Rocky theme song. 8-Bit by NES Songs Are Us. At number 4, it is Half-Life 2 on 8-Bit Commodore 64 by Unknown History Bitmap Axis. Number three is the Halo theme True Apebit by Mike Pouch. Number two is a Mega Man X2 Zero Theme 8-Bit by Maverick Hunters Iris.
number one, it is Star Fox Corneria Music 8-Bit by Poppy Bros 1. That concludes my top 5 8-bit remixes for running and I'll make sure to put up this list on the Frozen North Facebook page. So make sure you check that out. Also make sure if you have any suggestions or if you want to make your own list to post it up on the Frozen North Facebook page. Thanks for listening and this is Roll Cruz for the Frozen North signing out. Thank you, Raul. Uh, that was a spooky segment. All that talk of exercise. That's <laughs> very true. Exercise is quite scary to most of the people that we know. Yep. Um, Marcus will run for the hills to get out of running. I, lo- I love I love uh, like MIDI versions of, of of songs. Yeah. Some of them sound really really goofy, mm-hmm. but a lot of them do sound actually really really cool to hear. Also, especially you know if you grew up with that style of music as well. I like the ones that are kind of blended, where they've got the the MIDI element and also some real instruments sure. as well. Yeah, I definitely. think that could be really cool. Definitely. Uh, if you want to hear more of Raul's stuff, though, definitely go check out his podcast at uh, Super Smart Gaming. They're on iTunes. They're on uh, the Twitters and the Facebooks and the YouTubes. But Super Smart Gaming, you just do a search, you'll find them. Google Plus. Uh, I don't know if they're on Google Plus. I have no idea. What's is anybody on Google Plus? How do you use Google Plus? You push your plus key <laughs> on your computer. <laughs> That's how you use. <laughs> there you have it. There you have it. You heard it here first. But yeah, definitely go check out his show because uh, it's it's good stuff. It so, is very good stuff. All right, top five. Top five. Mark, what are we doing for our top five today? We are doing our top five horror games. Very cool. I noticed you said that slowly because you didn't want it to sound like something else. That's right. Exactly. That's why I had you say it. So, we're doing our top five horror games. <laughs> Good job, Mark. We got, we got Anybody got any honorable mentions uh, that, that isn't on our lists here? Fear. Fear? Yep, absolutely. Yeah, I got a couple. Uh, I recommend checking all these out. Uh, Painkiller. Uh, oh yeah, 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 Damnation, yeah. Um, Hexen Beyond Heretic, and Resident Evil Four. I think there's a quite a few people who would say a lot of the Resident Evils. Brian, especially, I know he likes the series. Yeah. So, oh, you could also check out the Penumbra games. Those were the games that were made by the studio behind Amnesia before they made Amnesia. All right. Well, let's get onto it. Uh, let's see who wants to start us off. Mark, why don't you start us off, sir? My number five is Condemned, but we'll talk about that later because it's on someone else's list. All right. Well, my number five is Diablo 3. Honestly, I would probably pick the Diablo series as a whole, but I think that 3 is the one that does everything right and improves upon the other two in a, in a really good way. Now, keep in mind, these aren't, these aren't going to be our top five games that scared us because Diablo 3 is by no means scary at all. It's just, you know, it's got that... that uh, the horror theme like the world is in peril and demons are rising up and you got to stop these creatures from hell and blah 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 all that stuff it is scary addictive though that's true absolutely uh but just the the gameplay mechanics of it and i mean we i'm not going to go too too depth into it because we talked about it on our last show we did a full review on it and 
it's a great game. And if you're going to play any of the three from the series, this is a good one to start with. Just be wary that starting with this one, you're going to feel spoiled. So if you try to go back to the older ones, it's going to be a lot tougher. Uh, so that's my number five, Diablo 3. Game is really, really good. Uh, my number five is Fatal Frame 2 Crimson Butterfly. And I believe that we can talk about that in just a moment, all three of us, right? Correct. Uh, Mark and I both have the same number four, which is also Fatal Frame 2 Crimson Butterfly. So so I'll go ahead and, yeah, and lead us off. Start uh, us off. The thing about this game that got it put on the list for me is just their choice of the protagonist. You are a child, basically helpless because you're basically a child. Yep. Like you are, you're scared running amok with absolutely no ability to control your environment or anything that's going on around you. And I feel like that that feeling of helplessness that you're put into and forced to play through throughout the game, it's not only intriguing in its own uh, unique manner. Uh, it's the driving force behind the game that makes the game selling point hit home for me. You know, this game's so scary that even how I got the game has a scary story. Do tell. <laughs> I didn't mean, mean to laugh there. <laughs> Do you mean to laugh right now? No, I'm trying We're not still to laugh. For the scary story. Uh, my friend and I, my friend Ben and I, decided we wanted to play the game, so we walked to Walmart. You know where I used to live. There's that field out there behind that uh, yep. cul-de-sac. Yep. So I got the game, and on my way back, walking back. My foot got stuck in a hole, and it stole my shoe. That's it. That's the whole <laughs> scary That was story. scary to you? It was scary, man. I didn't know how deep that hole was. You didn't know if Did you get your shoe back? Eventually. Did you contract like a foot fungus on the way home because you didn't have a shoe? I... It was a scary story, man. It was dark. All right. It was nighttime. Your list just lost all credibility. <laughs> I bet you're... That's a number problem. one is something ridiculous. I also remember there was there was a certain room in uh, in Fatal Frame Two early on. <laughs> I thought you were going to say in the cave, in the, the hole cave. in the ground. <laughs> the hole, a, there was one room in there, man. <laughs> the quest to get my shoe back. <laughs> like, dang, that's a big hole in the ground, man. Mark, no, we need to a, make this game. We do need to make it. But I'm, uh, there's this room early on in the game where there's this ghost that was basically invincible. And all you could do is basically go into the room and go as fast as you can to the other side of the room and get out the other side, which is not as easy as it sounds because the game's controls are kind of wonky, but also because it's scary. I feel like they were wonky on purpose. But Yeah, sort of. It's a terrifying game. I, I remember when I first... The only reason I started playing it was because... You, Mark, had told me, yeah. you know, like, oh, if you ever want to try a scary game, you should check this one out totally. So I was like, okay, cool. I bought it because it was cheap. And then we went to the lake we, up in uh, up in Iowa, Okoboji, right? Uh, yeah, Spirit Lake, Spirit lake. Okoboji yeah. area. Yeah. Um, we, we were up there for a few days, and, like, there were, what, maybe four or five kids of us yeah. there. We were all huddled around the TV watching Fatal Frame. And Mark and I, obviously, were the two that were into it the most, but... I mean, it was freaking terrifying. Just like the short, quick cuts of ghosts' faces just mm-hmm. popping up on the screen and then going the, away. And... The cutscenes were terrifying. Yeah, absolutely. And for a PS2 game, you know, this goes back into what Matt was saying before. You don't need to have super ultra graphics. You know, sometimes uh, the lower res ones are all you need. Mm-hmm. And it's even taking away the horror aspect. The story, if I remember correctly, what I mean, it's been so many years, so I don't remember the exact specifics behind it, but. The story behind it was actually pretty good. Was It was about, what, like a, a city, like in the middle of the woods, completely abandoned, and you're walking through and you're finding out the history of it and what had happened, all these yep. massacres and everything, and you're just a little girl with a camera, and it's just freaking terrifying. Mm-hmm. It's a very solid example of traditional Japanese horror. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Something I'd like to go back and finish one day, because <laughs> we definitely did not finish that. I didn't, at least. Yeah, there's a part where I always get stuck. Is it the one where the, with the ghost you can't kill? No. Because that's where I always get stuck. Oh, really? Yeah. There's a couple places in the game where you kind of don't really know what to yeah, do. Yeah, exactly. That's where I would always get stuck. Where that's you're just true. like, uh, you'd be running around, you'd have to go past the 
Invincible Ghost a bunch of times and get really frustrated because it's think too scary. I think that you're supposed to like find something with your camera. Like you're supposed to spot Probably. something. But, but I don't... it was a lot more difficult than the first game because it wasn't just a mansion. It was a whole town. Yeah, I, a couple times I felt like I got lucky finding something. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately for me, it was a feeling of dread and unluckiness to find it because I was right. scared out of my mind. Well, if we get that one for Wii U, that'll be interesting with the uh, the controller. It will. It'll be kind of cool. And yeah. if they don't bring that thing here, I'm going to be so sad. Well, they haven't brought other ones. So. I know. We'll see what happens. Gotta wait and see. So, uh, yeah, that's on all three of our lists. Fatal Frame 2 Crimson Butterfly. If you have a PS2 and you're curious about, you know, some old school horror stuff, that's that's a great, great game to try out. Matt, what's your number four? Uh, oh, wait. Hey, your number four is the same as Mark and I's number three. Exactly. Same situation. Yeah. Look at that. So we got uh, Amnesia. Dark Descent on our list here. And, uh, man, what can I say about this game? This game captures atmosphere like nobody's business. I love this game. Absolutely. Definitely. The setting by itself is just gold. (laughs) I love it. Yeah, I mean, like I was saying before, going into the game knowing what you know, knowing you're not going to have any weapons, knowing you're not going to be able to fight back, knowing there's something else in the castle with you, you're terrified right off the bat, and then it throws you into this atmosphere where you're literally, like Mark said, you have to interact with drawers and doors, you know, the same way you would in real life almost. Yep. And it just, because it's so immersive, it's terrifying. It really, really is. There's this part I remember that was, in my mind, the scariest part of the game, which was, I think we were in, like, a dungeon or something, where there are all these little tiny rooms uh, on either side of this long hallway, and you're just scrambling between them, trying to find some items you needed, with like no torch or no uh, lamp oil left, no tinders, no yeah tinder whatevers to light the tinder boxes. Tinder boxes, that's right. <laughs> so you didn't have any resources, and you're just scrambling between these two rooms, and you know that the thing's on its patrol. So at any time, it could pop out. Yep, and it's totally dark, man. I yeah, that's. I'm glad we're done with that game, because I am not going back to it. That was a stressful game. I would like to eventually do the second one, though. Machine for Pigs? Yeah. And their new game looks really cool as well. What's the new one? It's called Soma. I don't think it's going to be out for a while, but they've shown some weird conceptual trailers. Interesting. Yeah, and this is another one of those solid examples that we can say that uh, highlights the usefulness of simplicity. Definitely. Absolutely. You're you're a guy trying to figure out what he's forgotten. Done. That's the premise of the game. Yep. It doesn't yep. it it doesn't take rocket science to make a good horror game. And you're not carrying around a bunch of guns and worrying about your ammo. One of the things that I thought was cool about it was a lot of games like have you backtracking to places and when you find out you have to backtrack somewhere, it's you're, you the reaction is like, "Oh jeez, I have to go all the way back to that place. Well, this sucks." This game, you feel the same way, but not because you just don't want to go back there because it's annoying. You don't want to go back into that room because you've been there before and you know what's waiting. But you know you have to go back there because you need an item that you didn't get last time. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, well, this item is in the library. I just came from the library and I don't want to go. Oh, no. Yeah. I don't want to have to go back down that hallway. Exactly. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's this game screams immersion to me, at least. Yeah. the, The feelings of dread are more paramount in this game than almost any other game. I barely on my played list. it. <laughs> I barely even played it and <laughs> you, I was terrified. You just watched it. I probably clocked in a total of an hour. And the I, rest was me watching wow. JJ. I mean I mean putting can you imagine Oculus Rift with this thing? I've I think I've seen people play I just I don't I know, would love man. to play this game on Oculus Rift. I would probably play for twenty minutes and then it'd be done. Yeah, that's gonna change. I don't know if anyone can works. really Yeah, for sure. I don't know if anyone would really be able to play longer than that. I mean, it's downright terrifying. Brian, Brian would say that he would. He could, of course, he would. But he Brian said it wasn't all it. that scary. Remember he, that? He'd have his brother. He'd, he'd have his brother play it. True. He says he played it alone in a dark room with all the lights off. I don't know. And he said, and this know. should be interesting to Matt because Matt has studied game design. He said that once he figured out how the monster worked, it was no longer scary. I don't know if that's entirely true. Sometimes the design, just being able to get inside the the mindset of the designer doesn't necessarily remove the threat of the monster. I never figured out any pattern at all. The one time that I thought like, okay, you know what? I bet there's going to be something around here. It showed up and I was like, okay, that wasn't too bad. And then the second one comes out. 
Yep. And it was like, I mean, there was always something there that was twisting and turning. I feel like that if if that's what you're looking for with amnesia, though, you're kind of missing the point. Like the the whole point is like you're you're losing your mind, you're losing your sanity. Yeah, absolutely. Like that's amazing. I mean, how many horror games actually delve into psychology like that? Mm-hmm. I, not many. And you have to manage your sanity by staying in the light, but staying in the light attracts the monster. Right. So right. yeah, exactly. It's a lose lose situation. Cool. Uh, amnesia, Dark Descent. If you haven't played that. And you are looking into the horror genre. This is another one. Check it out. Just don't play it alone. <laughs> uh, Matt, what's your number three, sir? My number three is Dead Space. I love this game. So do I. Uh, this game, for me, saved sci-fi horror as a genre for me. Because I felt like that it was never going to happen, ever, in gaming, period. I mean, there's some horror elements to the Halo series, I guess. And some of the Alien games are okay, but mm-hmm. nothing like Dead Space. Dead Space, I mean, you're just a guy. Like, you might as well be walking around with a crowbar. Hint, hint. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, for me, the reason why Dead Space is on my list, um, mostly, is from like a game design standpoint. This was the first game, to me, that really took the use of sound to the next level its use of sound as a feedback loop system to deliver information to the player was absurd it was outstanding and by itself makes you feel uncomfortable and terrified i've never i had never seen anything done like that in a game like that but now every horror game tries to one-up that particular aspect of Dead Space. And without Dead Space, we wouldn't have that. Can you so, explain uh, what you mean by that? What, I, haven't, I haven't played it. The use of sound? Right. The feedback loop thing. Um, well, basically, there's this thing called called feedback loops that game designers specifically are trying to okay, evoke gotcha. a specific emotional response or deliver specific type of information and amount of information to the player. You mean a conceptual times. feedback loop? I thought you meant like an actual... like. <laughs> No, no, no. Feedback no. loop. No, no, no. It's a conceptual. I got gotcha. you. This is a conceptual That's scary. term. What? Um, but so it just it gets you to get a certain reaction. Delivering information through it... sound from certain types of sounds and the volume. I mean, your sense of depth in the game just from the sound of knowing how far away something is and how quickly it's approaching right. is done spectacularly in Dead Space. <laughs> there are a lot of moments like that. You're like... You're just like, oh, oh god, oh god, oh god. Like yeah. most games, like you know that something's coming at you, but you don't realize exactly how fast it's coming, and you can't tell the difference of how fast it's coming depending on what kind of creature it is. What's, In what's, Dead Space, you can. What's crazy about this game is I because this, this was my number six. I had a hard time not putting this on my list because I loved it so much. Mm-hmm. When I when I first jumped into it, I thought it was just going to be like a sci-fi mystery type thing. I I didn't know anything about it. I just thought, you know, I'd heard it was a popular game and I was like, it was on a Steam sale one day and I was like, oh, what the heck, I'll pick it up, why not? Started playing it and, you know, you got the whole opening scene and everything and then you get into that room where you're behind the glass and you can't escape that room and you're forced to sit there and watch your team die while the lights are blinking on and off. Like, I was, that's when it hit me, like, what I was in for with this thing. And it was so terrifying. It was, like, the lights would, like, flicker on, and you'd see one of your guys being held up by, a like, a, a freaking tentacle, weird bone thing coming out of an alien. And, I mean, it was just, the lights would go back out again, and then they'd be gone. Right. And, and it's crazy. And adding on to that, you had been given some information before that happened that puts you in the mindset of, you're l- watching this happen, and you're like, wait. I don't have anything to fight against that with. Yep. I don't have guns. Right. What am I, I have to I have to defeat that thing? I have to overcome that challenge with yep. what? My fists? <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> that was that was one of the toughest things that I had with this game cuz until then I'd either played games where all you did was run or all you did was fight your way through. In this one I tried to approach it from, I'm going to fight my way through. You really can't in a lot of cases. You have to conserve and think about how you want to approach each each situation. And you've got to think fast, because there's going to be things that are just jumping at you and coming at you right away. You've got to be like, uh, not worth it, and then you know run out of there. Yeah. It's it's awesome. It's a great, great game. Yeah, I, I highly recommend it. I, I recommend the series, although I still will contend. I think the first one's the best. 
that's just my personal opinion. There's nothing wrong with the other games, but they're just not quite as sure. good as the first one. I have not played the other two, unfortunately. Uh, Mark, what's your number two? My number two is Alien versus Predator 2. Not the movie. <laughs> not the movie. That, that is an important And in fact, it's extremely disappointing that the movie didn't use the setting from the game. I agree. Here's a fun fact about Alien versus Predator 2. It sort of has a Trinity Sight system in it. Really? You get to play as a human marine, as an alien. You get to go through the full life cycle of an alien. And you get to play as a predator in three separate stories that all interconnect with each other. And you get to see what was going on in the other person's stories. Oh, really? And you get, you get like really interesting insight into how the predator culture works and how the alien life cycle works. And also the kind of really creepy evil stuff that Wayland Utani Corporation was up to. So it's it's got a really good plot and I enjoyed playing through all three of them, but the marine storyline is terrifying. Oh, I can imagine. It's uh I mean you've seen be the, the most helpless one out of the three, I would imagine. Definitely. And it starts out sort of the same way that uh Amnesia starts out, though it doesn't play it out as long, but you're kind of going to this mining colony to investigate something that happened, walking around with your motion detector, seeing stuff jump around over the top of you, wondering when... Because you know what's going to happen eventually. You know what you're in for. But just wondering when it's going to happen. There's just this terrifying ramp the up. anticipation. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, now, the uh, the alien playthrough, when you're actually playing as an alien, like is that the last thing that you do, or do you do that second? Uh, I think what? you can play... In any order you want. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. And so, with the with the alien, you actually start out as a face grabber. Mm-hmm. So you have to wander around in this marine colony and sneak through vents. Oh my goodness! W- wander on walls, avoid being detected by anyone, so that at just the right time you can jump down and become a chest burster. And then you have to run around as a chestburster and eat cats and stuff to build up your mass and become a full-on alien. Yeah. Interesting. For, so. for me, I, I, I was always confused by that. Like, I don't feel like that I wanted to have such insight into the actual alien. Sure. the alien is the source of where the horror is coming from, so I don't want to know too much about it. Definitely. But from what I understand, it, it really doesn't ruin anything because it's kind of like a nuanced experience. Like, you don't... There's not, like, dialogue. Like, aliens don't talk right, to no, each other, there's, right? there's no dialogue. And w- where a lot of the horror comes from in this game isn't just the alien. It's actually what Wayland Dutana Corporation is up to and the kind of atrocities they're committing. Okay. So, yeah. it's not just the alien. That's Sounds my number awesome. two. Cool. All right, my number two is The Last of Us. Uh, again, not, like, super scary. I mean, it, there has its moments where it's it's pretty terrifying and... You obviously, you'd never want to be in that situation. <laughs> the save system is terrifying. Um, yeah. Just a solid game, though. I mean, I, I again, this is another one of those where there's not much else I can say that hasn't been said a million times on the show before. This is, it was my game of the year last year, and hands down, one of the best on the PS3, and Brian would argue PS4 right now as well. Uh, it really is just a spectacular experience, and I'm not going to go too much into it because, like I said, we've talked about it a thousand times over. The Last of Us is an amazing experience, and if you haven't played it, you're missing out. You need to check it out now if you have the means to do so. All right. Well, uh, my number two is the same as Mark's number five earlier, Condemned Criminal Origins. Fantastic game. Absolutely fantastic game. You you want to know the reason why this game is on my list? It's because this is the first time I've ever played a game where I truly felt the struggle of the of the protagonist fighting that's things. true yeah bringing somebody down with whatever your fists a crowbar even the limited amount of ammunition that you have mm-hmm. and seeing the way that the enemies respond when you actually hit them like it, they felt like they had a weight to definitely them. and that to me that visceral combat yeah really sold the game to me and it was it's kind of like that immersion that you were talking about. It really immersed me into the game. Now I understand that it jumps the shark later on. Yeah. Which towards is the end, which is fine. Like the, still the, the, the game is still an incredible experience to play. If you haven't played it, the investigation was, stuff was actually one of my favorite parts. Right. And t- to me, this is probably the best launch title 
ever for any console. I would agree with that. By far. Cool. Condemned. Mark's number five. Matt's number two. Mark, what's your number one? My number one is Half-Life. The way you just said that. Typical. (laughs) Hold on. My number one is Half-Life. Was that spooky? Yes, I'm scared. (laughs) Well, a little bit. Does anyone disagree with me? Well, my number one's not Half-Life, so in that regard, yes. (laughs) Before the show, you would tease me a little bit. I was hoping you would come at me and I could... (laughs) No, just because, I mean, I I haven't finished it, so there's not much I can say about it. Some people might question whether it was uh, actually a horror game. I was hoping you would, but you didn't. But to those uh, nameless people (laughs) who would question it, it is definitely a horror game. It has all the tropes that it needs to be a horror game. I mean, the plot is basically you're a scientist who goes down into this like deep, dark, cavernous science facility in the Nevada canyons and has a portal experiment go wrong and basically has extra-dimensional aliens coming into our reality and taking over this facility. And that includes things like gigantic tentacle blade monsters that are inside of rocket testing facilities that you have to kill with basically spaceship rockets. It has head crabs that turn scientists into zombies that you have to kill with crowbars. It has sound. Uh, basically, it's got these weird hound-like aliens that hear with sound, basically. It's just got all these different types of creepy aliens that come out and try and kill you in all kinds of unique ways. And you're sneaking through by yourself trying to save as many scientists as you can before you go into this weird jumping the shark alien world where you have to fight a giant fetus and jump up and shoot rockets into the back of its head. Thanks for that uh, game summary, Marcus. That was fantastic. That's Half-Life for you. To me, you gotta kill giant fetuses. To, to me, yeah, <laughs> it, it's a horror game, but honestly, I prefer to just leave the Half-Life series genreless. It We don't even yeah. know what it's about yeah, yet. You're right. We've we've been through Half-Life, Half-Life 2, Half-Life 2 Episode 1 and 2. We still don't know what this game's about. If, there, if there's a fine line between sci-fi and horror, this is the one that this game walks it. Definitely. So. Yeah, and and mystery, like it's a mystery. We don't know what's going on. We have no idea. There's there's lost poli- type mystery. There's even political intrigue in it, which is really good. Send your hate mail to <laughs> It's it's just going to be he's in a coma. Yeah. He's well, they're all waiting over. for the afterlife, right? Now, yeah, did we confirm that Half-Life 3 is happening? No. No. No, we didn't. Not today. Well, Half-Life, I, hold on, we need to get Brian on the line so he can tell us Half-Life 3 is I thought that the I thought that the Giants scoring three runs in oh, Game 7 three. confirmed it. Oh boy, we're not even getting into that. I, I could have sworn. All right. What's well. your uh, favorite? My number one? Yeah. My number one is Parasite Eve. Great game. Not not scary. Uh, well, I guess it depends on who you ask. No, it's kind of scary. When it came out on the, uh, I mean, it's got some disturbing cutscenes in there like that were like a little grotesque. Uh, like the the mutating rat and the the uh, the dogs and that kind of stuff, um, and especially like the audience being set on fire, <laughs> everything like that. Um, and during the opera scene, the game just has such a cool premise, and it's it's all about you're basically you're a detective, and one night this opera is going on, and all of a sudden the audience spontaneously combusts; they all just go burst into f- flame. You go there, you investigate and everything, and as you're walking around, you start to see other things that happening, like creatures transforming into other things, and it all comes down to, uh, I mean, I don't want to get too spoilery with it, but uh, the mitochondria in our systems, and they have a mind of their own, and blah, 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 just kind of goes from there. It's very, very convoluted, and there's a lot of crazy stuff that happens, but it honestly works together very, very well, and it's just a very, very interesting RPG, one of uh, one of Square's earlier ones on the PS One, and I really, really just enjoyed it. It was definitely an experimental game, to be sure. Mm-hmm. A mixing horror and RPG together, I don't think had been done before Parasite Eve, as far as I not know. Not this well, at least. Yeah, not not on this platform. Um, to me, that that by itself is the reason why I I think that it's such a special game is because it's so unique to itself. No one's really tried to do a semi-turn-based it's semi-turn-based right yeah it's not it's not full action um semi-turn-based rpg in a 
such a horror genre like this and try and actually scare you. And it actually kind of succeeds, even though it's sort of turn-based. Like, you see the impending doom that's coming at you, and you need to act quickly and well and efficient to right. survive. Otherwise, you're you're going to die. The main problem is where the series went after the first game. Like, from what I understand, the second game is not bad. It's okay. I still but liked it. It just third wasn't. birthday yeah. was, yeah, kind of a black mark on there. Well, Which again, it, I mean, these the, all these horror games that we're talking about, they they jump the shark eventually. <laughs> they, they always well, seem yeah, to but that. Third Birthday wasn't, I mean, it was just so over the top and ridiculous. Like, I, I own it. I haven't played it yet because I want to beat the second one first. But apparently one of the gameplay mechanics is you, the, the cop that you play as, her name is Aya Bree, and she's, she's a hot blonde. And in the third game, the more damage you take, the more clothes she loses. And it's like, who made this game, Matt? Why is that even in there? My like, favorite the people. Who, who made the third, not the third one? No, they were probably inspired by Bayonetta, which is unfortunate since Bayonetta is complete satire, but... I mean, I I, I, yeah. I bought it just so I could continue the story, um, and to be honest, I don't even know if it has much relevance to the other ones, but I'm just like, like I heard that about it, and I'm like, seriously? Well, I mean, there are other What's games that, that are pretty bad about it, too, like Dead Island. Dead Island's pretty bad about that kind of stuff, too. Yeah. They they, they kind of get really close to that, that fine line that you're not supposed to cross, and... Uh, they 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 kind of tease it and poke at it, so it's okay. I don't really have that big of a problem with it. Well, Matt, what's your number one? My number one is Silent Hill Two. I'm actually really surprised that it's not on either of your lists. Apparently, you guys haven't actually played it. Nope, I don't. I don't, no I don't, play, I don't right. play games. To me, this is uh, <laughs> this game is all about uh, two things: um, impending doom based on timers. Uh, and atmosphere. Basically, this game, there are certain times when it's, I, I don't want to say safe, but safer for you to, to explore and travel around the, the town of Silent Hill and uh, try and figure things out and you know un- uncover the mysteries. But you know that things are going to change and it's not going to be snowing ash, it's going to be raining fire. And when that transition happens you need to run and hide because people like pyramid head are going to come out and scare you the pants off you and if they get a hold of you you're totally dead to me the real meat and potatoes of this game is the 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 mystery and the intrigue of the plot it's not so much the horror parts of it although having that in the back of your mind that if you don't hurry up what you're doing you're going to run out of time and you're going to be caught in the middle of the street when creatures of darkness come out to get you is of course always terrifying, but I would highly recommend that you guys actually play it because you would actually really enjoy the plot. Um, it's got a lot more to it than a lot of people think that it does. And the movies just don't do it justice. All right. Well, there we have it. Our top five horror games. Yay. Although I guess yay probably wouldn't be a good way to describe games that are supposed to be scary. Ah! ah! There we go. <laughs> All right, we don't have anything really to talk about as far as a bi-weekly question this week. Um, last week we just asked what you would like to see in a Frozen North YouTube channel. Got a handful of responses from people. Thank you so much to everybody that wrote in. I can't I can't say uh, enough good things about the suggestions that we got. Got some really really good stuff. Stuff I hadn't thought about before. Stuff that I definitely will be taking into consideration. I'm not going to go too much into depth about what what the plans are at this point, but uh, needless to say, I'm I'm really excited about what what the future is going to hold. And by all means, if you've got more suggestions, please write them in frozennorthpodcast at gmail dot com. I'd love to hear more suggestions um, from people because it's we want to know what what you want. As far as next week goes, I know it'll be not next week, but the week after. Uh, I I know that it'll be a little bit past Halloween, but I know a while ago we did our, our FN horror stories where we talked about just uh, horror stories that we had gaming wise. I, I want to get some responses from other people though. Do you have any horror stories that, that have, you know, affected you or, or hit you that you think are funny or, you know, you look back on now and you're like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe that happened. Blah, blah, blah. Like all mine are about Matt and destroying something of mine. Typical. Um, <laughs> but, uh, please, please write us, write us in, uh, let us know. And, uh, we'd appreciate it. I don't have anything else. Does anybody? Got nothing. Got nothing? Buy all the consoles, people. They're all good. 
Yeah, buy the new uh, Xbox One and then tell JJ why it's the best and why it's better than PS4. Even if you have to lie. Don't buy Destiny, though, for it. Don't lie. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, my gosh. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I was going to say, if anybody has Fantasy Life or, you know, is getting into the new Pokemon games on their 3DS, uh, hit me up. Uh, FrozenNorthPodcast.gmail.com. Uh, send me your friend code, man. I'd love to get some more friends on there so I can play with some people. So I got these Yahoos, but they don't they don't play much. So with that, I think this is the Frozen North signing off. Thanks again for listening. My name is JJ. My name is Merp, and I'm Matt. And as always, keep keep on gaming. Dude. I hate you guys. Keep on gaming. Our theme song was made available through the Creative Commons Attribution License by Ziphoid. The song title is Radical Fanfare.